Welcome to the revolution. Hello and welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams, and thank you so much for listening today. We have quite the episode. If you have not heard, the former the rapper formerly known as Kanye West is in a whole lot of trouble. Now, I tend to disagree on a lot of the reasons why. Um, we're going to dive into that. If you don't care about Kanye West, that doesn't matter in this podcast. If you don't like rap music, you don't like Kanye in general, or Ye, as he likes to be called now, um, we'll talk about why in a little bit because he talks about that with Chris Como. Um, but he is in a world of trouble in the mainstream media, mainstream entertainment. He's been canceled off of basically all of the social media platforms. And I believe he's speaking out on something that we here have been talking about for quite some time in many different ways. So we will discuss, basically, I listened to this three and a half hour podcast with him. I listened to all the interviews. I waited a day or two to see what else came out. Um, but some of the things that we're going to discuss here is he had his bank account canceled by JP Morgan Chase. He had uh, is now uh, had a lawsuit filed against him for $250 million by George Floyd's mother. Uh, he did say a, a couple questionable little things, which we will also address. Um, and then he went on Chris Cuomo's uh, new show. I didn't even know he had one until recently, um, but we will break that down too. He talks about, you know, basically the systemic racism behind basically putting the whole black vote, as he called it, into a, a uh, you know, a term that is used to describe there's no white vote. He talks about, I mean, there's really some really interesting stuff, some really deep layers of the, you know, conspiracy world, which he kind of peels back here and just sheds enough light on it so that it really starts to illuminate some of these questions that you can bring up in yourself and start to dive deeper into. So we will get into all of that today. But first, thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you from the bottom of my heart, which you already know, but I would appreciate it even more if you could go ahead and hit that five-star review button. And if you're not already subscribed, go ahead and subscribe. Every single week, we have conversations just like this, um, talking about what's relevant, what's current, what are some of the you know crazier things that are going on in the world, um, and we will get to all of it. But only if you subscribe will you be able to follow along. So go ahead and do that. Head over to redpillrevolution.co. Dot com is for losers, and you'll be able to sign up for the Substack. You'll be able to get all of the articles, uh, documents, uh, videos, all of the stuff that we discuss here today. Um, and I will have that one out for you by the time uh, basically this podcast is out tomorrow. Um, so make sure that you're there. Uh, again, I appreciate you. Thank you so much from the bottom of my heart, and welcome to the revolution. Welcome to Red Pill Revolution. My name is Austin Adams. Red Pill Revolution started out with me realizing everything that I knew, everything that I believed, everything I interpret about my life is through the lens of the information I was spoon-fed as a child. Religion, politics, history, conspiracies, Hollywood, medicine, money, food, all of it. Everything we know was tactfully written to influence your decisions and your view on reality by those in power. Now, I'm on a mission. A mission to retrain and re-educate myself to find the true reality of what is behind that curtain. And I'm taking your ass with me. Welcome to the revolution.
All right, let's jump into it. The very first topic that we're going to discuss today is, again, this is all going to be on the rapper formerly known as Kanye West, who currently goes by the name Ye. I'm probably going to mess it up a bunch of times, but he got pretty upset at, I believe it was Chris Cuomo. Um, I think the other one was a sexual assaulting weirdo. I'm not too sure that the other one isn't. Um, but uh, Chris Cuomo, he got, got an earful from Ye um, about that, um, but I'll probably just call him Kanye because that's how everybody knows him as. So um, Kanye West basically went on to Tucker Carlson. So we'll start from the very beginning of this story. Kanye West went on to Tucker Carlson and talked about the election, talked about, you know, um, a lot of different subjects and some of which got pulled out of the interview. Now, when those clips that got pulled out of the interview got released, a lot of people were starting to call Kanye West an anti-Semite for saying things, more generalizations about the Jewish community, but more so specifically referring to the entertainment industry um, being owned by singular families and those who are in high positions of power in the entertainment industry that own some of the largest news media corporations in the world, uh, that own the contracts of the music artists all of those he was pointing to saying that they've screwed over the, the black community, the entertainment community for far too long, and he's sick and tired of it, that they've been calling him crazy, that had his kids ripped away from him based on that narrative, which they started through the news cycle. And you'll actually see how hard uh, Cuomo goes after him on that same thing, you know, just that immediate point, uh, which was pretty interesting to see after him already calling it out, right? Now, now what I find to be interesting is that since doing the interview, the interview where he was talking about how they were censoring him for calling out the truth, the interview has since been pulled within literally 12 hours of that three and a half hour podcast, which was from the, uh, what, what was the name of the podcast? The Drink Something. Um, let me look up the name of it for you here. And you can still find it. They, they had it on YouTube, but let me go ahead and see the actual name of it. You can still find it, but it's from Random Little Mirrors. It's called Drink Champs. So if you go to YouTube and you type in Drink Champs and then filter it with Kanye, then filter your uh, times based on, you know, filter your results based on time and then do it over 20 minutes. There's a bunch of people and then go by upload date even and you'll probably it'll be your best way of listening to the full three and a half hour, power, uh, hour interview. But I pulled all of, I think, his strongest points into this here. So on almost all of this, I don't believe that Kanye is wrong. I don't. I don't. I think some of his generalizations were a poor choice of words. And I, I think there was one or two things that he said that were questionably, uh, maybe not very tactful. Uh, but I, I don't think in general, the the sentiment of what he was saying was racist. I don't think it was anti-Semitism. I don't think that at all. Um, now, we'll discuss the ones that I do think were a, a bit controversial in the way that he approached the conversation um, and, and, and create your own thoughts about this. Uh, but the very th first thing I, I want to show you is that this got pulled within hours. Now, if you go to the YouTube comments, go to any clips talking about this. I mean, the, at least majority of them, depending on which platform, but almost every single one of the YouTube clips that are posted to discussing this conversation and talking about it in a negative light are getting ripped apart. The YouTube community, the community at large, the public voices on Kanye's side on this, it seems like, according to all of the comment sections that I looked into. Every Everybody, almost every single comment was on Kanye's side, right? People are almost insulted at this point that you think that your audience, that you think the general public are so stupid that you won't even allow them to listen to the words coming out of Kanye's mouth, right? And why is that? 
Are you afraid of the words or is he just crazy? And we, it's, it's, it's the same thing about COVID misinformation, right? It's the same exact thing. We don't think you're smart enough to decipher what's true and what's not true. So we're just not even going to give you the other side of the argument. Well, I think that generally means that your argument is fairly weak. And I think that's what the public is generally sick of, right? The American population is m far more educated than most populations in the history of humanity. Yet you think Kanye West's opinion in a three-hour interview where they're drinking the entire time is going to persuade somebody one way or another and, and convince them. That's how scary Kanye is, that they're, they're going to convince somebody of wrong think, false information um, based on his words, even if they wouldn't have otherwise come to that same conclusion. Right? You don't think people are able to sift through information personally? I think you should be able to listen to anything. Right, You, you should be able to go read Mein Kampf from Adolf Hitler and decide whether his, his words were correct or not. Obviously, you're going to come to the same conclusion as basically everybody ever, which was, yeah, everything he did was terrible and horrible, and he's a bad, the worst person ever, and everything he did and his sentiment, you know, I could go on. Obviously, we know that. We don't need to go into that. But you should still be able to read that book, and you can, and you can. Right. So there's a couple quotes that we'll talk about, but let's go ahead and listen to Nori, uh, who is one of the hosts of this podcast and him basically on his knees, apologizing for how much hurt he caused the world by allowing you to listen to the words. And, and now go listen to that full episode and you'll see he did not feel this way at all throughout the entirety of the interview. He was laughing. He was joking. He was having a great time. And what you're going to see is those the sentiment of Kanye West, yay, uh, between his interviews is vastly different. When he's approaching and in the conversation with Cuomo, he is in a vastly different tone of voice, a vastly different uh, uh, personality than, than he is in otherwise in, in the other interview. He's much more loose and he's talking from his heart in the other interview. And he's taught on the defensive so much in the Chris Cuomo interview that it makes it, you know, kind of crazy to see the variations from one to the next. Um, but let's go ahead and talk about this first. Let's listen to the apology by Nori. I think that's how you pronounce his name. Um, and then we'll, we'll talk a little bit about some, some of that, the, the cancellation, because I think, you know, and I, I posted this yesterday um, and, and I'll just kind of quote it verbatim for you because I, I, I truly think that this is uh, telling, right? I think, and, and this is what I said on Instagram at Red Pill Revolt, Kanye being canceled for calling out the entertainment industry after pandering to the black community for profit simply proves his point, right? So Kanye being canceled for calling out the entertainment industry elites for pandering to the black community for profit simply proves his point. You are useless to them once you stop playing along. And what I mean by that is literally by canceling Kanye's episode, by showing him that, that you know, you cannot speak on this topic even. You can't even talk about this. You can't even bring this up or you're going to get canceled because that's what Kanye was talking about. He was getting canceled for bringing up things that you weren't supposed to talking about. Talk about the mainstream media, talking about supporting Trump, talking about, uh, you know, 2024 elections. All of those things led to him getting, you know, called crazy, him losing his children, um, all of this stuff. So let's go ahead and listen to this apology and see what you think. I just I'm here to say I apologize to anybody who felt like I let them down. Because I did feel like I, I did let them down to a certain extent because, like I said, I did check him later. But by the time I checked him, That's it true. was like it was already kind of like too late. So I can't I can't be mad at Baller Alert for, you know, posting the footage uh, that I don't want them to post. Because I'm not mad at them when I post the, they post the footage that I do want them to post. So, well, yeah, man. I do feel I do feel let down. I do feel like I didn't do 
the right job, but this is a learning experience. I am not, I did not go to school for journalism, but that's not an excuse. You know what I'm saying? So there you have it. Immediately, within a day, ripping down the YouTube. Because why? Why do you think? How many d threats do you think he got from the same people that Kanye is saying are threatening his life? Right? How many How many uh, industry leaders came to him and told him, if you don't take down this episode, we are going to tear you apart. You're going to lose your brand. We're going to come after you for lawsuits. All of this. Right? And immediately, the only way he's doing, they're taking that down. They had a, gr like, those guys were laughing. They were drinking together. They were having a great time. And all of a sudden, he's on his knees begging and apologizing apologizing for even hosting a conversation with somebody and letting them have a conversation about it and releasing it to the general public. If you're not afraid of what you said, why are you afraid of what somebody else said? Why would you be afraid of the things that came out of somebody else's mouth? You should let them listen to them. And if they're an idiot and they're wrong and what they're saying is a horrible thing, let people decipher that for themselves. Because if you're a terrible person, the, the best thing that can happen to you is people can find out about it. You can make it public. People will hear the words coming from your mouth especially in these long-form long -form conversations, right? If you thought I was a sociopathic idiot by now, you probably wouldn't listen to me. Um, and so in this case with Kanye, let them listen to it. Let them hear it. Let people decide. And if they think he's a racist jerk, and if they think that the things that he's saying is wrong, then you shouldn't take that away from the uh, people being able to decide that on their own. And the only reason that you're pulling people or pulling that episode is because you're afraid of the real things that he said that called out the industry elites that is truthful, right? If you look at some of the quotes that come out of this, you know, George R.R. R. Martin said this, when you tear out a man's tongue, you are not proving him a liar. You are telling the world that you fear what he might say. Hmm. When you tear out a man's tongue, you are not proving him a liar. You are telling the world that you fear what he might say. When you are censoring somebody, you are not concerned about the world realizing that that person's an idiot. You're afraid that they're going to agree with them. And that agreement's going to start movements. Right. And Kanye had a great quote. I didn't pull it, but it was a good one um, in this where he said, you know, if I throw on short shorts and a tank top and I just start running and people look at me from from afar, they're going to think I'm crazy. Right. If I'm sweating, if I'm dripping, I have blisters on my feet and I'm just running by myself in, in short shorts and a tank top. People are going to think I'm, I'm weird if I'm running just for 25 miles, 26 miles. Right. People are going to think I'm a weirdo. Right. Until my feet bleed and you know they're going to think I'm crazy. But the second you throw a number on me and you put a hundred people beside me also running and you call it a marathon, then nobody thinks you're crazy, right? There's power in numbers and they know that. So they want to rip this off of the platform. They are afraid of the movement that might happen against these elitist communities at the top of the entertainment industry. They're talking about Disney, talking about the music industry, talking about several of the largest mainstream news corporations. You know, this is a quote from Kanye from the Cuomo interview. He said 50% at least of the people that own the contracts of rappers, NBA stars, you know, he's talking about the black community specifically and saying that, the, you know, the people that are making the most money that are black are, are completely owned by contracts of people who are at least 50% of the time of Jewish descent. And, and so that's where the whole anti-Semitism conversation came up of immediately calling him an anti-Semite for saying that the entertainment industry and the people primarily that are putting him in bad positions and other people that are owning the black community through contract agreements are doing so. And he said it's a modern form of slavery, which I find to be very interesting. So 
Let's look at this next. So the one we're going to look at here is that the George Floyd situation after this one. But the first one we're going to look at is J.P. Morgan Chase. Okay, J.P. Morgan Chase immediately following the uh, Kanye or the Tucker Carlson interview uh, basically made it. They they pulled. They uh, went after Kanye for. They basically told him he could not bank with them anymore. Let me see if I can pull this up and talk about it. Okay, so here's the exact letter. Now, Candace Owens speaks on this and says, earlier today, I learned that Kanye West was officially kicked out of J.P. Morgan Chase Bank. I was told there was no official reason given, but they sent this letter as well to confirm that he has till late November to find another place for the Yeezy Empire to bank. And here's what Kanye had to say about that. And then we will read the letter. You know what I'm saying? J.P. Morgan, I put $140 million into J.P. Morgan and they treated me like shit. So if J.P. Morgan Chase is treating me like that, how they treating the rest no, of y'all? That's outrageous, yeah. And this, this murder was for Chase account. If they're treating him like shit, putting $160 million through their bank, if they're censoring him, if they're getting rid of him off of their platform, what do they think of the rest of you? What are they going to do to you when you start speaking up on social media platforms and you have a social credit system? The exact same thing that happened to Kanye West here. This is a preemptive strike of censorship. You, they literally allowed Jeffrey Epstein to bank at J.P. Morgan Chase. They've allowed terrorist organizations from, what, from articles that I've read to bank through him, allegedly, okay, through J.P. Morgan Chase. But they're not allowing Kanye West, while Jeffrey Epstein could bank at Chase Bank. That is telling. After he was a convicted pedophile, after he was a convicted sex trafficker. But you say one thing about a community, and all of a sudden, you get your entire banking platform stripped from you. We talked about this before. The banks are the linchpin to freedom now. They can pull you out of their banking platform at any moment if they don't like the things that you say. We saw this with PayPal. PayPal literally saying that they're going to charge you $2,500 if you say something that they don't like and then immediately retracted it because of the backlash that they got. Right? Those were literally documents that were leaked from PayPal. They never said it was wrong. They just said we didn't intend on doing that. Which is just saying, oh shit, we messed up and we're, we know now that you guys wouldn't have liked that, <laughs> right? And how much money did they lose as a result? I think PayPal dropped like 10% or something crazy as a result of that. So here's the letter of what actually happened. It said, Dear Ye, we are sending the letter to confirm our recent discussion that JP Morgan Chase Bank has decided to end the banking relationship with Yeezy LLC and its affiliated entities. To provide the company with sufficient time to transition to another financial institution, we will continue to maintain the accounts, including all related products and services until November 21st, 2022. To avoid any transaction delays, we suggest that you stop processing company transactions and or using any products associated with the accounts five business days before the scheduled closure date set forth above. After that date, the bank will close any open accounts and after deduction of any permissible service charges and pending transactions, remit all remaining funds in the form of a check delivered to the company at the address of record. We ask that you promptly transfer your business to another financial institution before November 21st, 2022. If you have any questions or comments, please feel free to call your usual banking contact. Thank you for your attention to this matter. Sincerely, JP Morgan Chase Bank. 
It's the same exact people that he's critiquing on JP Morgan Chase. It's the same exact people that he's critiquing, you know, the same elitist community that so happened to fall under this specific name that own basically all of the banks. Interesting. Um, so let's go ahead and talk about the next thing here, which is the George Floyd situation. George Floyd's mother is suing Kanye West for $250 million for saying something that may very well be accurate, as you will find out in the very next clip, allegedly. So let's go ahead and pull it up. George Floyd's mom suing for $250 million. Now, what Kanye West said is that he does not believe after watching a documentary, it's funny that they're not suing the documentary because the documentary comes with receipts, but $250 million for saying that he does not believe that George Floyd died from a neck on or a knee on his neck. Now we've heard people like Joe Rogan say that. We've heard people all over have that that idea in mind. And especially thinking from like a jujitsu perspective. If you don't know, I train jujitsu. You know, literally choke people for fun. Um, when you understand where where the the blood comes from in the neck, right, and and the way that you have to, how long you have to sit on top of somebody to make them die after they pass out, after they're unconscious. And how you, how you, how difficult it is to stop the flow of blood with a pretty good choke, pretty good blood choke or strangle on somebody, it takes quite a bit of effort. It takes a little bit of time and it takes a lot of technique, right? You have to understand what you're doing. You have to understand how to approach that. I would be very hard pressed to figure out how to stop the blood flow from both, uh, both of the uh, arteries on both sides of your neck with one knee with the concrete on the other side, because your chin and your jaw would basically protect this other artery and it would remain allowing blood flow to your brain. I, I, I just don't understand how that would work. Now, I'm not saying that this wasn't false, right? Um, but you can make that decision by yourself after we watch the clip from the documentary just released by Candace Owens. Um, but I think this is wild. I think it's crazy. And I think that this could raise a conversation that really, really makes the community wake up to what happened through the Black Lives Matter protests, right? If you don't know, Candace Owens just released a documentary about Black Lives Matter talking about where all of the money basically was funding their own lavish lifestyles and mansions, paying off bodyguards who were actually her husband's business and like a million dollars or $2 million for bodyguards, um, paying, you know, uh, what is it like? sexting companies and, and phone companies and prostitutes allegedly through the, the corporation and the entity um, for doing so. It, it's so crazy. So let's go ahead and watch this video and then we will discuss it. Here is what Kanye West or Ye had to say about George Floyd and then we will see what we think and if it was accurate. Here we go. I watched the George Floyd documentary that Candace Owens put up. One of the things that his two roommates said was, they want a tall guy like me. They want a tall guy like me. And the day when he died, he said a prayer for, you know, eight minutes. Mm -hmm. He said a prayer for eight minutes. They hit him with the fentanyl. If you look, the, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. When he said, mama, mama his, is his girlfriend. They said he screamed for his mama. Mama was his girlfriend. It's in the documentary. But something that hit me, that fucked me up when I was watching the documentary, and it said they want a tall guy like me. When I looked at that image of him, this tall black dude with the bald head, he reminded me of somebody else. Who do you think he reminded me of? Virgil. He reminded me of Virgil. 
So let's go ahead and look at this here. Here's the uh, the article that talks about his mom suing him for two hundred and fifty dollars. Uh, so it says George Floyd's family preps $250 million lawsuit against Kanye West for overdose comments. It goes on to say, and this is from the New York Post, the mother of George Floyd's daughter uh, says that she plans to file a $250 million defamation lawsuit against Kanye West for suggesting that Floyd died of a fentanyl overdose, lawyers announced Tuesday. What you'll find out when we watch this next video that it was in the trial for this, that he had basically three times the lethal dose amount of fentanyl in his system. Um, so we'll see how the lawyer and, and the expert there tries to wiggle his way out of that with words. But this is not going to, there's nothing that will happen to, to Ye as a result of this. There, this is going to get thrown out just like everything else, because there's so much documented proof, so much documented proof from the actual medical records from the autopsy, which shows that he did have fentanyl in his system on top of having meth in his system at three times, three times the lethal dose amount for a regular individual. So we'll watch that in a minute. But it goes on to say that Roxy Washington plans to file a suit on behalf of her and Floyd's minor daughter, Georgia or I'm sorry, Gianna Floyd, accusing West of making comments to promote his brands and increase marketing value and revenue for himself, his business partners and associate, which that had nothing to do with and obviously hurt him, didn't help him. The 45-year-old rapper, who now goes by Ye, made the comments during an hour-long interview, three-hour-long interview Sunday on the Drink Champs podcast. Floyd, 46, died in May 2020 in a caught-on-video arrest by Minnesota police in which he since fired the sense-fired officer Derek Chauvin, who was later convicted of murder, could be seen kneeling on Floyd's neck now to say this was tragic that you know i was outraged by watching that video there's no reason that officer should have been doing that again coming from a jujitsu perspective there's that was untactful that was unnecessary you should absolutely if you're professionally retaining people physically for a living you should absolutely know how to do it without causing harm to them and you know, even in jujitsu if you put your knee on some dude's neck while he's laying on the ground you're a dick and, and you're in a professional position here. He shouldn't have done that. It's wrong. You know, could that have caused death? I'm not a, a, a doctor. I'm not an autopsy specialist. So take it with a grain of salt. I have a little bit of knowledge coming from a world where we literally make people choke unconscious with strangleholds for the purpose, you know, of simulating this type of scenario. But he absolutely shouldn't have done that. It was wrong. It was a little bit too violent compared to what you should be able to do to retain somebody like that. You should, he already had his back. He could have taken back control. He could have, you know, easily put cuffs on his hands. They should have absolutely, if guys have a bunch of fentanyl, you should be able to take control of this individual, um, especially while he's sitting there pleading for his life. It was wrong. It was terrible. N nothing I will say here will go against that. Um, but now here's one thing that I kind of think is weird is that they said they, Ye said they hit him with the fentanyl. I don't know if that's accurate. How could you even have three times the lethal dose within minutes if they did it? I don't see how that makes sense. I don't think that the cops did that. Um, I, I think, you know, from what what I remember, he had some sort of drug history. You know, he was in, you know, some other type of, you know, porn and things like that. So he wasn't, you know, the most above the law person. Um, but I, I think saying that they hit him with the fentanyl may be a little bit of a stretch. Um, I don't know if I agree with that. Um, I, I have no reason to agree with that. Okay. Um, if you look, the, this is what Ye said. If you look, the guy's knee wasn't even on his neck like that. And we'll see that in the documentary footage that I pulled is that it was according to the portion, at least of what they showed, they don't show the whole thing. I don't even want to watch the whole thing. I didn't want to want to watch it when it happened. Um, 
you know, it's just terrible. But uh, according to the the video that we're going to watch here, it shows that it was on his collarbone. Or I'm sorry, on, on his uh, his shoulder blade, not his collarbone. Um, now, it says that we will take all appropriate and necessary legal action if you, your attorneys, uh, employees, agents, partners, associates, or representatives fail to comply with this demand. Um, it said that the letter demanded that he inter the interview be taken down from all over the internet and demanded that West not make any further statements about Floyd's death. Interesting. Now, they show a picture where his knee was absolutely on Derek Chauvin's neck. Okay. Now, again, your arteries are here. Putting your the knee on the back of somebody's neck right here, I, I again, you're the only way to kill somebody. That's going to make you uncomfortable. It's going to make you pissed off later when you go home and you got to rub rub out your neck with a, a foam roller. But that's not going to kill you having a knee right here, right? That's not going to do it. You you had your the the veins and your arteries run the front of your neck right here. And so if you have a knee back here, it's not start stopping either of those main arteries. And that's just, again, just this part of the picture. Um, you you basically have to stop both arteries to stop the blood moving through the brain um, and, and actually kill somebody with a strangle. Um, it says that a uh, Chauvin also claimed that drugs found in Floyd's system were responsible for his death. Uh, but a medical examiner determined that a lack of, lack of oxygen and compression of Floyd's neck were the cause of death. Chauvin also pleaded guilty to a federal charge for, of depraving Floyd of his right to be free for the use of unreasonable force by a police officer. Okay, let's go ahead and watch the documentary because I think this fairly well refutes this claims and none of this is like hearsay. This is all coming from the actual trial of Derek Chauvin's death. Or I'm sorry, of Floyd, of Mr. Floyd's death. Of um, So let's go ahead. Derek Chauvin was the one that was convicted of murder, to correct myself. <laughs> um, but George Floyd here, this is from the trial, Derek Chauvin's trial, and we'll see what they have to say right here. This is the medical examiners, this is the, um, the autopsy specialists, and here it is. From the perspective of Miss Frazier's camera, it appears that Officer Chauvin's knee is on the neck of Mr. Floyd. Yes. Would you agree that from the perspective of Officer King's body camera, it appears that Officer Chauvin's knee was more on Mr. Floyd's shoulder blade. Um, yes. They had to have the jury believe that it was a neck restraint, it was the knee on the neck, it was asphyxiation that killed George Floyd. However, there was a ton of evidence that George Floyd consumed a toxic, lethal cocktail of fentanyl and methamphetamine. Did it appear that Mr. Floyd said, I ate too many drugs? Yes, it did. Let's put it in perspective. Three grains of fentanyl on the head of a lead pencil, enough to kill you, enough to kill me. And so they had to continuously inculcate the public to believe that Derek Chauvin intentionally premeditatedly murdered George Floyd and drugs had absolutely nothing to do with it as as Lindsay and the toxicologist presented that awful testimony and you have to think with the the what was going on in our nation at that time, could you imagine if he got off? Derek, Derek Chauvin got off. 
during that situation. Could you imagine what the public outrage would have been had he not been convicted of murder? There was already riots in the streets. There was already businesses being burned. If you don't remember that, that was so crazy during the lockdown that this happened and literally our politicians allowed it to happen. So could you just imagine what would have happened if he got off during that? So to his point, you know, they could not, and, and they meaning, you know, the the prosecution, the the specialist, the judge, I mean, just the, all of their careers would have been ended immediately. Their names would have been, you know, written in blood on the streets, metaphorically. It's, you just, it would be so difficult to even imagine the mayhem. Right. And then you go look at who is funding Black Lives Matter is some of the very organizations that are being discussed by Ye or Kanye West in his remarks. And we'll look at that in a little bit. So let's continue this clip here. Do you recall describing the level of fentanyl as a fatal level of fentanyl? I recall describing it in other circumstances, it would be a fatal level, yes, in other circumstances. Had Mr. Floyd been home alone in his locked residence with no evidence of trauma, and the only autopsy finding was that fentanyl level, then yes, I would certify his death as due to fentanyl toxicity. And they show a graph there of the fentanyl toxicity of three, whatever the, the, the way that they... Uh, measure that. I think it might have might have been like micrograms, um, three micrograms or whatever the, the measurement was there. It's not big enough on my screen. Um, but and and he had eleven, and three was basically the average amount that it takes to kill somebody. So he had eleven, and, and I like how he says there. You know, if he was at home and sitting there by himself, and had he you know not been outside, then he would have died of fentanyl. One hundred percent, I would have said that. And he didn't say one hundred percent, but he said you know. That's, that's what I would have said, is that he died of fentanyl overdose. But he didn't die inside of his home, right? As if being in your home or out of your home has anything to do with your cause of death from a drug overdose. Now, this goes on to say, and I will zoom in here, the police body cam footage, uh, let's look. The police body cam footage also reveals George Floyd's claimed that he could not breathe prior to being put on the ground. And I believe it I know I can't breathe. 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 Here, come on out. And then here it will say, and I'll just give credit where credit is due. This says the greatest lie ever sold. And this is on the Daily Wire Plus. So if you want to go find that breakdown, and this is the second time that I'm talking about the Daily Wire Plus here in their documentaries because they've been killing it between Matt Walsh's What is a Woman and Candace Owens now doing the greatest lie about Black Lives Matter. Um, I, for one, will go and watch that over the next few days and report back to you guys on it um, because I'm very interested. Okay. Um, so let's go ahead uh, and pull up the next situation. Although let's touch on this for a little bit. I think that's interesting. I, I it's wild to me that he's now being sued. It's not going to go anywhere, especially once you understand what we just heard and, and how within the actual case itself, this was discussed and talked about and that he would have, according to that medical examiner, he would have died 
if it wasn't already from fentanyl. That would have been their their what they would have said would have happened. So, you know, maybe being under stress and also having a lethal amount of fentanyl in your system has something to do with it. For sure, definitely could be a possibility. I'm not saying it's fentanyl alone, but having that extra amount of stress on your body or, you know, stress, anxiety, fear, all of that happening while also having three times the lethal dose at the exact same time. Yeah, it's probably, if you had to say which came first, the fentanyl overdose or the knee on the neck being a part of that, it would probably be the fentanyl had a, a major portion to do with it, which is actually pretty crazy that that guy's, you know, I assume in prison today. Um, now, let's go ahead and look at some of the, the other things that he said here. One of the things that I'd like to discuss is one of the more questionable things that Kanye said, or Ye. <laughs> I only correct myself because uh, Kanye or Ye says that that was, his, you know, West was a slave name. Uh, so he decided to change his name as a result. So Ye had some questionable things to say that that talked specifically, a, you know, a little bit about the Jewish community at large. Now, there is something to be said here, you know, that, that kind of preempts this. Uh, I, I have several Jewish friends. Uh, you know, I, I know several people. I grew up in a very Jewish predominant community. Um, so, you know, that's not like, you know, I have a black friend, so I'm not racist. No, not that. But I, I do understand the Jewish com community a little bit. The Jewish community is a very tight-knit community, more than any other community that you or I really know of or understand. They they generally do business only with each other, if possible. Um, they're the ways that they are, are together during, you know, worship, their actual community centers, the where they live are all very specifically focused on their religious beliefs and, and their community at large. And if you understand the way that Orthodox Jews Judaism works is you are only considered, it's funny, I, I get asked almost every time I walk past, there's always these younger uh, boys out there probably doing something for their church where they're handing out pamphlets. And I always get asked, you know, are, are you Jewish, sir? <laughs> Apparently I look Jewish. Um, but uh, but basically what you're only considered Jewish to like Orthodox Judaism if your mother's Jewish. And the reason for that is because it's literally pa the passing, from my understanding of it, the passing of your uh, your genes and blood directly from Jewish descent. If your father's Jewish and your mother's not Jewish, you cannot be considered Jewish according to like Orthodox Judaism, um, which is a more extreme type of Judaism compared to, you know, there's different levels, I guess, of this. Uh, but your mom has to be Jewish and it comes down to bloodline. Uh, so... In this particular situation, you know, you have to understand where he's coming from. That is a very, very, more so than any other community, very tight-knit in the way that they do business, the way that, you know, all of these things. So he talks about even being jealous of the way that their community is, how they only do business together, how they build these empires together, you know, how, the, you know, they. Uh, one thing I was reading into is a lot of the, the Jewish community made their money off of, uh, you know, and again, I don't know how correct this is, off of uh, the movement of uh, having basically being lawyers that were doing divorce settlements to begin with when the, the predominant Christian legal teams weren't doing them, um, which made them a lots of money, which made them a, a very uh, powerful financial force in the communities that they were in. So very interesting stuff. But again, I, I, I think the way that he approaches this conversation is very untactful. I think the way that he frivolously throws out the Jewish community and not specifically just calling out the families, the, the, the elitist families like the Rockefellers, like the George Soroses, like the J.P. Morgan Chase families, like all of these very predominantly elite families uh, and, and bloodlines. 
that own almost everything, that are very much so a part of the Black Rocks and the vanguards of the world, and that own the entertainment industry, that own Disney, that own MSNBC, that own CNN, that own all of these corporations from the shareholder standpoint, right? It's not like the CEO of every one of these companies is Jewish, but the shareholders, the one that make the final decisions and say, the one that need to be appeased by the CEO or by the president of the company that will get removed if they don't, is had by the balls of these companies like BlackRock and Vanguard, which is very much so intertwined with these elite families like the Rockefeller family. And one thing interesting, yeah, we won't even go there. Let's let's go ahead and pull this up and we'll listen to this and then we'll talk about that. Here we go. Here's the questionable things that Kanye West said that I don't agree with, right? I think that you have to separate it from the everyday Jewish individual and family and you know even religion in general from the way that he's talking about these things in some aspects. But majority of what he talked about was not that. Majority of what he talked about was about the people who owned the contracts, the Black Rocks, the Vanguards, the JP Morgan Chases, the Rockefellers, all of that. But let's let's go ahead and listen to this here. But um, <laughs> but it, it, can't, it can't be narrowed down to like you're saying, there's you're saying Jewish media, but it's the media. There's, there's, there's people I'm, obviously in, 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 I'm not in narrowing down. Right. I want Jewish children to look at their daddy and say, why is Jay mad at us? Mm. I want all the kids that love my shoes and love my songs to say, why is Jay mad? What have you done to his people, to the darker Jews, to our brothers right. that has Jay speaking up, that had Nick Cannon speaking Jews, up, that Ice blacks, Cube speaking up. What'd you say? Would you say blacks is Jews? Blacks then, are then Jews also. We gotta say we love Jewish people then. We love Jewish people. We love, we got, we got great. We got, I, I love Jewish okay, people. Okay, so I'm gonna be like- My Cap homie's a Nicaraguan Jew. His dad came from Poland, he escaped the Holocaust, and his mom is Nicaraguan. And, and All right, so I wanna stop that before we get to this next point, because the next thing he says is quite interesting too. But, you know, the thing that he says there is, I want Jewish children to go to their dad and go, why is Ye mad at us? Why is Kanye West mad at our community for these things? And the reason, and he says it, and he points it out at specific times of the conversation that he's generally not speaking about them, but this was a very untactful way to talk about this. And yeah, it's wrong. Don't do that. That's it's not the way to approach this conversation. If you want to call out the elite communities, if you want to call out the entertainment industry, if you want to call out Disney, you want to call out the, the owners of your contracts, it's not the local guy down the street wearing a yarmulke doing all of the right things and being a good father and being a good husband that's not who it is there's far more people in the jewish community who are unbelievably great people that have the best of intentions that are you know very nice and pleasant to be around and and not screwing over kanye in contract agreements <laughs> i think that's very very easy to say Right. So, yeah, don't say that. That's wrong. But the pr pr prim predominant point of what Ye was making here in not that point was what I was talking about before. Now, the next point that he makes here, and, and again, that's probably one of the only things that he said that I found to be questionable about the Jewish community. Literally, probably one of the only things that he said. And the point remains the same. He believes that the Jewish community at large is so glued together, is so strong as a community that later on he says, I'm so jealous of them. I wish the black community was as strong as the, the Jewish community. Community. I wish that we just did business with each other when we could. I wish that we raised up and helped, you know, helped each other in need. He wishes that his community was more like them because it's an amazing community who's very glued together. Now, some would say if it was 
the Christian white community that was doing those same things, it might be considered, I don't know, maybe not. Maybe if it was just white people in general that stuck together, only did business with each other, you know, only propped up their communities, didn't give money elsewhere, didn't do those things that he's alleging that they do and screwed over other communities on contracts, as he alleged. Yeah, maybe that would be considered not okay if it was just the white community. So when he says, you know, I wish our black community would do the same thing, does he wish that all white communities would act in that way? If white people in general only did business with each other, only supported white businesses, only helped white people because of the color of their skin, I think that's inherently not okay. And I think that's the point of what he's making here is that if it was just white people doing that to each other, maybe not what he's making, but what I'm making is that if it was just white people doing the same thing where they only helped people in their communities, as he's alleging, where they only did business with each other, where they only gave loans to each other, where they, where they, you know, in the ways that they interacted with other communities, utilize them and as a tool to profit, um, then maybe we would be having a different discussion here. Maybe. <laughs> So let's go ahead and listen to this next point that he makes, because, again, while a little uh, exaggerated and a little a lot exaggerated, the point remains the same in what he says here. Um, and we'll, we'll listen to that right now. Yes, like, I don't know what's going on. And, and by the way, we haven't escaped the Holocaust. We still in it. Plan B, mm. Planned Parenthood. We are still in the Holocaust. Even the even the information put in our music, the right. toxicity put in our music, mm -hmm. is nothing promoting the idea of a king taking care of a queen and then taking care of the future kings and the future queens. It's mm. just us talking about killing each other and Jewish people getting paid off of it. Mm. Okay. So there's a couple points there that I want to talk about. The first one being, he says that we're not out of the Holocaust. Now, the Holocaust is a term that's specifically used for this time frame where Jewish people were unbelievably eradicated at very high rates over sentiments that their culture was, you know, as a, as a whole was to be eradicated based off of their belief systems, not based off of the way that they developed and used contracts. Um, so <laughs> a little bit different in the sentiment. And that's what I think you have to differentiate here is, is this anti-Semitic in the way that he's approaching their religion? And no, he's, he's talking about the way that the, the community, the, the highest up of the community interact at large in these contract negotiations. Um, so Let's, let's make that differentiation. Now, when he uses the word Holocaust and relates it to Plan B and relates it to Planned Parenthood, he has a very, very good point. Okay, When Kanye West calls out Plan B and Planned Parenthood, he makes an, a, a very good point. Now, using the word Holocaust for that is very, again, maybe a little untactful, but the point remains the same. You know, And, and I don't know, maybe, let me look that up. Let's, let's see the definition of that because I, I wonder if it's, let's, let's see. I don't know specifically if that's used to describe the event in general. Yeah, it's used to describe the event in general. So maybe don't don't do that. And don't compare it to that because they're two horrific things. Oh wait, no it's not. No it's not. The very first definition of Holocaust is great destruction resulting in the extensive loss of life especially by fire, which ugh, that's horrible. Um so that's the definition, the very first definition. The secondary definition uh, is the genocide of European Jews. The third definition is a massive slaughter. So used correctly, yay, used Holocaust correctly in describing Plan B and describing Planned Parenthood. We have talked about this before. You go back to where Planned Parenthood comes from, was Margaret Sanger. She was the, the predominant force in pushing it across the country. And she was a Nazi-loving or Nazi or KKK-loving racist. 
Okay, she was for the eradication of the the very weeds of our community. If you can go listen to the quotes of what she said about it, it was a racist move that she was trying to eradicate specific races in lower income communities. And black people are predominantly, predominantly at a much higher rates affected by Planned Parenthood, affected by abortion, affected by Plan B, unfortunately. And so what his point is there, a massive slaughter, as the definition of Holocaust, is correct there. There is a massive slaughter of black children potential, uh, potentially being eradicated as a result of, not potentially, is, absolutely, not being brought to this earth as a result of Planned Parenthood. Abortion is absolutely a massive slaughter on the black community, and it is predominantly affecting minority communities, and that's what he's speaking to. Again, this is what I'm talking about, the trickles of truth through the ways that he's saying these things in these explosive manners. There's merit to a lot of it. Not all of it, but a lot of it. And this is one of those things. You know, he, he calls it the Holocaust, right? A Holocaust, not the Holocaust. The Holocaust is how it's used when you're talking about um, the Nazis during World War II. But he makes a great point here. And this is something that should be talked about in the black community, that they shouldn't be the highest rates of abortion shouldn't be minority communities. Because what is that doing? That's furthering, furthering you being the literal word minority. Who knows? If you go back and look at the statistics, they may not be considered a statistical minority if abortion wasn't a thing. And that keeps the, the, the white communities, that keeps the, you know, all of these, you know, whatever you want to call it against on the opposite side of that, that are the lower affected communities, including white communities that are not as affected at higher rates as the majority, the majority community that's out there. And, and, and there are people in power who potentially, and what we've seen here, do not want that to be. And so he makes a great point here. Now, another great point that he makes is when we go on to talk about the black vote, talking about Candace Owens, talking about some of these other things here. So let's go ahead and listen to that and we will discuss that as well. If they're once they cancel four SoFi stadiums because of what's classified as wrong think, right. because you have group think, right. it is very important to have the black vote be in group think and to not separate from the thought and be in completely in line with the agenda of the left, the Jewish media, and the Chinese. There's a lot of Chinese things got something to do with it? They got something to do with everything. This is my issue with Jared Kushner. Say okay, now we made a couple of really deep points there as well. He talks about the black vote. Do you remember what Joe Biden said? If you don't vote for Joe, Bi Joe Biden... If you don't, wow, why is that hard to say? If you don't vote for Joe Biden, then you ain't black. That's what he said. He literally called this out to a T. Joe Biden specifically said that. You're not even black if you don't vote for me because we have a black vote. There is a community that we need to persuade. And, and, and predominantly within the black community, if you are a Republican or a conservative black individual, yeah, you're going to have a, 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 be criticized at a much higher rate than others. Just look at Candace Owens. Right. You see that all of the time and look at the way that Kanye had to deal with these things when he was uh, supporting Trump. There's absolutely that deeper point that that he just made. That's very, very deep that the black community could definitely profit, you know, socially from understanding that they shouldn't be manipulated in this way. They shouldn't be manipulated in a way that makes them feel like they have to vote for a specific party or else you ain't black, according to Joe Biden. 
And then he even says that, you know, 96% of the black women voted for Joe Biden because of Kamala Harris. 96%. Can you find that in any other community that they're split in that way specifically just because somebody of, of their, you know, skin color ran? I don't think so. It's crazy how much that, that group think has been, been pushed and, and, and weaponized by the liberal agenda. That you have to think this way. And Joe Biden called it out to them specifically in a very racist way. If you don't vote for me, then you ain't black. Because you have to vote for me. Because we have structured it in a way socially that doing so is social suicide. And that's why they started to call Kanye crazy. is because he started moving people over to the Republican Party and conservatives over to the Republican Party. And I think that's an amazing point about what's about to happen right before the midterms. Is Kanye is building a movement a movement around the idea that this does not have to be the way. You do not have to vote liberal. You don't have to vote left. You don't have to vote for Joe Biden. And even if you don't, you're still black. You still have the same skin color. You still belong to the same communities. And it has nothing to do with the fact that you voted for one way or another. And you actually are supposed to have your own individual thoughts, not based on your skin color or social beliefs or whatever. You can own your own ideas regardless of what your skin color is and who you want to vote for and what you believe about these social topics, right? But that's not, that's not easy or that's not good for their party, right? That they will have such a difficult time winning anything. If the black party, the black vote, as they called it here, understands that you don't have to be 96% to the liberal party. If you're black, you can, you can vote for whoever you want. It's okay. You don't have to make those decisions based off of your skin color or just because, you know, and I get it, you know, there's never been a black woman as vice president. That's awesome. There was Barack Obama, um, you know, two presidencies ago, uh, but you know, that th should be propagated, but in the right way for the right reasons, right? Because that's an intelligent individual who represents your belief systems, not just specifically uh, as, as he said here, only, you know, in that portion of the interview that said 96% of them voted for her. You know, what did he say? He, he said, you would have thought Beyonce was running. <laughs> you would have thought Beyonce was running based off the statistics. Um, it's pretty crazy. So he makes a very good point there. Now, the next one that I want to look at here is the next portion of that. Let's go ahead and re-listen to it because it's such a quick little clip. Um, and we'll talk about the secondary point that he made. If there the black vote be in groupthink and to not separate from the thought and be in completely in line with the agenda of the left, the Jewish media, and the Chinese. Now, he calls out the Chinese specifically there, which is interesting. You know, a lot of people say, you know, even Donald Trump said China Joe. You look at all the business deals that were done through the energy companies that Hunter Biden was a part of, right? Saying that this is intertwined. And something even more interesting, maybe not more interesting, but we'll talk about in a second, is that Kanye West calls out the fact that the Clinton party, the Clinton family was on a Zoom call with Kim Kardashian, Chrissy Teigen, all of these famous celebrities literally pushing the fact that you need to push the vaccine, which we'll look at in that Chris Cuomo interview. Uh, but the other thing that he says here is that we're being told, you know, we're being pushed out in these social, these entertainment ways that push us towards believing that we should, you know, make it our communities at large, you know, from our music industry, from whatever it is, a part of the entertainment that you would think that we shouldn't be pushing for, you know, the, the, the cohesive family unit that, you know, he, so let's, let's just see what he says about it. So I'm not wrong. Uh, 
because if they're once they cancel four SoFi stadiums of the left, the Jewish media, and the Chinese. That's a lot of Chinese things got something to do with it? They got something to do with everything. This is my issue with Jared Kushner. Say Okay, so we didn't say it there. Maybe I'm confusing that with another one. Uh, I think maybe it was this one. Let's see. <laughs> but um, <laughs> but it, it, can't be, it can't be narrowed down to like you're saying. There's you're saying Jewish. Because if they're once they cancel four SoFi stadiums because of what's classified as wrong think. <laughs> but um, but it, it can't be, it can't be narrowed down to like you're saying. Toxicity put in our music mm -hmm. is nothing promoting the idea of a king taking care of a queen and then taking care of the future kings and the future queens. It's mm. just us talking about killing each other and Jewish people getting paid off of it. Hmm. So there you go. Talking about how the entertainment that's pushed towards these, this community at large is stuff that's generally toxic to the family, generally toxic to the culture, um, and is being propped up, you know, by the people who are writing the contracts, the 50% maybe that he's alluding to, according to him, 50% haven't done all the research there, which is probably important research to do. So do that and get back to me. Uh, but let's go ahead and see here where he says, and you, no, said you can't be mad at them because you want to do the same. You know, I, you know what? That's, I, that's an important I, thing to I say. I can't be, but I am because I'm jealous because I'm a human being. And you want the same and, for... And I'm a competitor. I want my people to rise up like the Jewish people. I'm a competitor. I feel that if I am not the leader, I'm one of the strongest, most vocal leaders. And I feel Lauren is a leader. I feel like this multiple people that are leaders in this community, right? And I'm jealous of the Jewish community. I'm jealous of how the fact that they do not abort their people. I'm jealous of how the fact so they- So why not say on. that as I'm opposed to I'm saying it right now. Okay. It's coming now, let me say it, bro. <laughs> okay. It's just coming now. All right. It's coming now, right. let me say it. You have to get to it. I'm jealous. I'm jealous of the fact of how they don't abort their babies. I'm jealous of the fact of how they stay with their wives. I'm jealous of the fact of how they do business together. I'm jealous of the fact of how they read their contracts and understand their contracts. I'm jealous of the fact, I'm jealous of the way uh, Jewish people do business. And I'm jealous, not just for me, but for our entire culture. And I believe that once we rise up, that we will have a position to be able to serve God because it's not about taking over the world. God runs the world. We need to be in service to God and we all need to be in service to God. So I'm jealous. And you know what? Because when I would speak on the, the Khaled and Drake record, why I speak on that? Out of jealousy. When I was speaking on Drake, why I speak on that? Out of jealousy. While I'm speaking on the Jewish culture, why I'm speaking on that? Out of jealousy. I'm jealous of the Jewish culture. No. Actually, that's I just thought of that right now, shit, but it had to happen. <laughs> that's a breakthrough. Yeah. That's a breakthrough. But that's why it's going to win an Emmy. So, a little bit more insight. You're not going to see that clip anywhere, are you? The fact that Kanye West is saying that he's jealous of the Jewish community and not, and, and that's where his, you know, the things that he's saying are coming from. Now, obviously, he's not saying positive things about the way that they deal with the contracts that he's interacted with some of the people within the entertainment industry, but... There you go. All right. Now let's go ahead and watch the uh, Cuomo interview and then we will wrap it up. Chris Cuomo had him on his show and you will see a completely different tonality, a completely different body language, everything compared to what we saw originally. So let's go watch 
this here, and then we'll wrap it up. Here we go. Right to vote. You realize when I wore a red hat that I, my life was threatened? I know. By, by my Jewish managers, by my, by my Jewish lawyer, <laughs> by my Jewish accountant. Your lawyer by my and Jewish your accountant threatened the your music life? Industry, like, my, by, no. He said, not, not specifically the accountant, but there were many people who threatened my life. Also, my family was torn apart off of my political opinion because of my ex-wife's attachment to the Clinton uh, administration. I mean, they were getting my ex-wife to push the vaccination. I didn't realize how attached they were to the left agenda when I was Vaccinations there. Vaccinations were not a left agenda. Yay. Okay, I understand. Okay, not specifically the, the vaccinations. Vaccinations are a left agenda, Chris. Absolutely. Look at the statistics. Look at the amount of people from left to right. It's absolutely a political divide in the way that people view vaccinations. It's absolutely a politically charged conversation. It's absolutely go look at Fox compared to CNN, although that's not a great example of it. But go look at that because Fox was compromised, too, as we found out. But go look at that. It's absolutely a political conversation. It is absolutely a part of the liberal agenda. It's absolutely, you know, the the liberal uh, politicians who are sitting there eating their... They're cheeseburgers and mm, French fries. Oh man, this is so delicious. Go, go, go engorge yourself with food and get a free vaccination at the same time. These disgusting people who are pushing these things that now we understand at a 4% rate, people are getting boosted, boosted, boosters, booster shots, and, and even booster shots wrong. Additional shots of these MRNA, you know, things. So anyways, it's absolutely a political conversation. And the fact that he just said that Kim Kardashian and at other points, Chrissy Teigen and all of these other very elite actors were on Zoom calls being told to push the vaccination by somebody who is not even in office. Hmm. I wonder why the Clinton Foundation or the Clinton family would be pushing that even when they're not in office. And why would you even if you are in office, go to celebrities and have them on Zoom calls and tell them to go push medical pharmaceutical products onto their followers and utilize their influence to profit pharmaceutical companies who have, oh, by the way, no backlash, no legal recourse if these things go wrong. Oh, and by the way, no human trials that were done until they were actually implemented on people and we're just starting to find out the effects, which are terrible. So yes, Chris, vaccinations are absolutely a politically charged topic and it's absolutely was a part of the liberal agenda to push it as shown by the fact that Clinton, the Clinton family was on Zoom calls with celebrities as Kanye is saying and admitting to, which they totally said was not a fact. You go Google that right now, it's gonna tell you it's misinformation. But he's saying his wife was being told to be on Zoom calls. And then you look at who actually controls, you know, who who was the manager of the Kardashians, who was the manager of, uh, uh, what, you know, the, the different people in his lives that were doing these things, they're all the same people. And they are a part of the communities that he's calling out for this. So another piece of the puzzle there, but I find that to be crazy that yay just admitted that the Clinton family was just 
pushing celebrities on Zoom calls, including his own wife at the time, to push the vaccine on the people. Here we go. But period, that they're on Zoom calls during uh, COVID with literally Biden and Kamala and Chris Paul and all kind of people, celebrities, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, all these same group of people that come and attack me for what they call wrong think groups, you know, all and look, people. you don't have to like it. You don't have to like it. You don't have to say what people want you to say, but you have to understand and accept uh, what. No, you do have to say what they want you to say when they're managing you, when they're when they can call you crazy for not saying it, when they can literally get you ripped off of a podcast, when they can pull all of your shows at top five stadiums. You do have to say what they want or else the game stops. And what we're going to find with Ye is I'll be surprised if he keeps going at this rate, if he is not in some way assassinated in the very near future. And I hope I don't have to pull this clip and utilize it at some point in the future when that happens. I really don't because he's on that road. You are calling out people who are very dangerous, who are who are very powerful and will go after you when you have an unbelievably large platform and you are threatening their bottom line. And he is doing that right now. So the fact that he just said Joe Biden and Kamala Harris were on Zoom calls with celebrities pushing pharmaceutical drugs when neither of them have medical experience. That's crazy, too. People will and won't tolerate. I don't have to understand or accept because they're not willing to understand or accept. And that's the reason why I'm not backing down. People have had their careers destroyed. That's why they keep on saying, oh, well, yeah, yeah, dangerous because he will keep talking. He will right, keep it's talking. What you say. It's, it's when you okay, say so Jewish people own the black vote. Uh, when I wake up, I'm going death count three on Jewish people. The black voice. These are not things Jew that you can say coming from a place of intelligence or love or anything productive. I am. I'm coming from a place of love and a place of we're not going to be owned by the Jewish media anymore. If you think about every celebrity, Kanye. if you look at their contract, and I'm going to finish what I'm saying. I know, but you, you, have, you every, have to understand this wait, idea bro, of the Jewish bro, media. Hey, hey, that's that. not don't how it that. works. Don't You're talking that. to me right la, now. La, 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 la. So every celebrity, <laughs> go ahead. every celebrity has Jewish people in their contract. This is not hate speech. This is the truth. And these people, if you say anything out of the line with the agenda then your career could be over. Listen, so let me, I, I hear you. You've made you that point. Why do you keep cutting off my point? Because the I point you, is... Because why do you keep... Why, yeah, yes, sir. Here. You know why he keeps cutting off his point? Because he knows that that social media clip is going to go viral. He knows that when people find out that what he's saying is accurate, when they go look up who the management companies are, when they go look up the managers, like I said, we probably all should do to verify this information. You know, I know I know about all of the BlackRock situation. I know who the, you know, who the elitist families are that have the most wealth that are destabilizing nations like George Soros and the Rockefeller Foundation. I know who those people are. Uh, so we need to go look and see, but he knows that that clip's going to go viral. So he's cutting him off mid sentence so that it interrupts the flow of his conversation. He's trying to stop that conversation from happening and becoming a mainstream viral clip. Here's why. Don't cut me off, sir. Respect. I listened to Respect. it. You've made it several Respect. times. Have, no, I'm not finished, sir. I understand, trying, look, but I'm you said finished, it sir. several times. I'm not and finished, it sir. Is an but ugly my people haven't thought. heard me. My people, they people need to hear. You. How is that an ugly thought? If what he's saying is accurate and you can't disprove what he's saying, 
How is that an ugly thought? It's if it's true. Show him that it's not true. Tell him that, no, that's not true. I have the, the, the managers of the highest paid celebrities right here, and that's not the case. But he's not doing that. He's just going, what you're saying is wrong, and I don't like it, and other people, I cannot allow you to say that on this station. Not saying he's unfactual, or he's being incorrect with his words. They need to hear me saying out loud what the truth is. There's a bunch of people in Hollywood that are actors, that play basketball, that play sports, that are in music, that know what I'm saying, that feel what I'm saying, and they're happy that I'm saying what I'm saying. It's not from a place of anti-Semitism. That Some is inherently anti-Semitic. And I'm also And Jewish. if they're your friends, best, if they're your friends, why are you talking over me, bro? Because, because, because trying I'm trying to, to correct what you're out. saying that is no, it's not damaging to decency. No, yo, but you can't talk over me. You can't well, talk over me. Then stop and give me a chance to make the point that you need no, to listen to. Don't cut off. I need to make a clear point. When am I allowed to make a point that you don't You've cut me off? You've been talking overwhelmingly during this segment, yeah? And I was, uh, I'm well, happy to give you me. the time, but... No, you're not. No, you're not. Well, I can't just give you, I can't give you unrestricted license to attack Jewish people exactly. and say that I'm they're your friends because that's anti-Semitic. And it's... Saying what he just said is not anti-semitic he's not saying anything about the jewish community at large there like i said the only thing that was questionable was him saying that about i want jewish children to go to their jewish fathers and, and ask them why we're doing this to this community that that's that's questionable that what he just said is not questionable at all it's not anti-semitic in the way that he said it i tend to agree with the, this this portion of this where he says that you know if that is the case you know and, and all of these people are out there thinking these things that yeah maybe this is something that should be addressed if, if they're disproportion disproportionately being affected by difficult and, and wrong contracts and being manipulated by the the political elites in ways that they have to believe something or say something or act as in some certain way. And if they don't, they get their career stripped from them. Just as we're seeing Kanye go here, you know, he's he literally getting canceled as we speak. Podcasts ripped off of there for saying things that these people don't like, the people that own the media companies, the people that own YouTube, the people that own Instagram, the people that own the all of the platforms and all of the entertainment industries and all of the, the social communities and all, all of that. If it's true, what he's saying isn't hate speech. It's just true. Okay. Dangerous. Are you going to give me a platform? Are you going to give me a platform? I am giving you a platform, but okay, I'm listening. So you talk and tell me when I can get my eyes. All right, good. All right after through. I ask you this, I'll give you the rest of the time before you go. And what he does there, Cuomo comes on there and says, you know, what I'm going to ask you is, are you taking care? And he looks at the sheet. Chris Cuomo looks at a, a piece of paper and goes, are you taking care of your mental health? I, I really care about you, yay. I really want to know if you're doing the right thing for yourself and, and mentally, you know, they're literally, as he's saying, they're trying to make him seem crazy for saying these things that that was not hate speech for saying these things. As he's saying that they're trying to make me seem crazy for speaking the truth of what I believe to be true and not saying the things like you need to get vaccinated and I'm voting for Joe Biden in that groupthink mentality of what he called before. And literally in the middle of that sentence, Chris Cuomo is planting seeds and making it seem like he's crazy for doing so. Are you taking your mental health medication? And Chris Cuomo goes, I take my antidepressants every morning. Like, yeah, because you're a, a, a fucking sorry man who needs to get on there and call other people crazy for speaking out about things you disagree with. Wild. So 
You make your own thoughts about it. I've told you mine. I think majority of what Kanye said was true. I think the majority of the things that he said were valid points. I think that when it comes to the the black vote, he's absolutely true. I think when it comes to the abortion conversation being a mass slaughtering, or as he said, a Holocaust, which just means that according to the dictionary is absolutely true. I think that a lot of the things that he's calling out here, I think it's wrong that JP Morgan Chase cut off his banking. I think that the George Floyd situation, he was not wrong for calling that out according to the documentary and the legal proceedings that happened. I don't think anything about what he was saying there was incorrect. Okay. Now I think he should probably be a little bit more tactful in his words when he's approaching these conversations, especially on such a big spotlight being shown on him and him being called the things that he's being called. But I think 99% of what he said had nothing to do with hate speech. 90, 99.9. I don't even think anything he said was hate speech. I don't think that at all. And I think even if it was, I think he should still be able to say it. He should still be given the platform. The YouTube shouldn't be pulled down. And like I said, if you go look at the comments of the YouTube videos, you're going to find that so many people have his back. And this is the very thing that they are afraid of. Losing the black vote, getting somebody like that on a platform who's calling out the people owning their contracts for doing the wrong things to his community, the modern day slavery, as he calls it, all of those things. And so I think what Kanye West here is doing, he, he is literally sacrificing himself in his career to point out the things that he's fed up with in the community for the better of his community, for the better of his people, as he said. And so I don't think he should be canceled. I think he should be able to say whatever he wants. Even if he was saying things that were wrong and rude and terrible and, and, and anti-Semitic, he should, he should be able to say it and people should be able to point at that. But the reason that they're scared is because they know that what he's saying was not anti-Semitic. And that if you listen to the three and a half hour interview, if you were afforded the ability to, which you can't do now because they cancel them because they're afraid of the words that he's saying being construed positively in the right direction from what he was actually saying compared to what they're just putting in the headlines. He's anti-Semitic. He's saying these terrible things about Jewish people. He's doing this. He's, he's a, a, a racist, a hate speech, whatever. No, he's not any of those things. As he said, he's just saying what he sees. And what he sees is that his community is being disproportionately affected. Celebrities, basketball players, entertainers have these contracts with the people who are predominantly over 50%, according to him, from this specific community, and he's upset about it. And they're the same people who owned, the, according to him, the media companies in which were going after him and calling him crazy for saying things that they didn't want him to say, including not pushing the vaccine and telling you that it's okay to vote for Trump if you're black. And that if you do, you're still black, regardless of what Joe Biden says. So anyways... Thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart. If you listen this long, again, I love you. Thank you so much for listening. Again, I, I just love having these conversations with you guys. Continue to engage on social media. Go check out the Substack. It will be out tomorrow. Uh, redpillrevolution.co. As soon as you are on here, you'll be able to get it. That is my promise to you. Okay? I don't make promises very often unless I follow through on them. 100%. That will be in your email box tomorrow. Okay? Go check it out. I'll have all the clips from today. Uh, I'll, sh I'll actually include the three and a half hour uh, YouTube video uh, if it's not pulled by then from the, the links that I have. Uh, and go head over to redpillrevolution.co. Uh, you can also go to, if you want to support the show, I put a ton, a ton of time, effort, and energy into this. You can go to givesengo.com slash redpillrevolution and give a donation, whether it's $5, $10, $100, whatever it is that you're able to do. Um, it's the only way that I can continue putting as much time, effort, and energy that I do into this. I have a family. I have a full-time career. Uh, I have a lot of things that take up my time, but I love doing this with you guys. I love your feedback. Go to Red Pill Revolt on all of the social channels and interact with me there. Tell me what you think about this episode. I'll be posting clips throughout the week, all week. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. I appreciate you so much. And 
One episode I would tell you to go listen to, there's an episode on abortion and Margaret Sanger. And we talk all about the, the, the background history of that. So go find that and uh, listen to that one next if you'd like. Um, have a great day. Thank you.